Well, I greet each of you in the name of the Lord this morning. Does anybody remember the last time I was here? How long ago it's been? We weren't certain either. But uh, Brother Glenn said uh, they've been coming here for about four years, and he said, and I don't think you've been here in that time. And we was kind of figuring about five years is probably the last we would have been here. Now, we know there's been some uh, situations that's kind of kept people from going anywhere. And so that might be some of the reason we weren't here. But it has been a while, and I'm encouraged when I look over the congregation here. Uh, I think it's larger than the last time when we was here. I'm not sure if Brother Levi's were here or not. I don't think they were here. So there's been some changes but it looks like it's growing, and that's what we want in the work of the Lord. And so it is a blessing to be back here again, to be sharing with you, and to see faces that we don't normally see a lot anyway. As I sought the Lord's direction and what to be sharing here this morning... I had my thought I had my mind set on one direction, but uh, as I did a little more searching for direction, uh, I came out different than where I thought I was going to start. So the Lord directs for reasons, and I want to be open to his leading and what he would have. And I thought the Sunday school lesson this morning uh, bared some resemblance to the message, sort of. And so want to look at what the Lord has for us here this morning uh, because it has been something that has been a, a burden to me, a concern to me and for the church. And uh, just a, a one-word title that I have here, and that is called the title would be Voices. Voices. And you might be saying, now, where are you going with that? Voices. We all have a voice. We all have an ability to uh, converse and to hold conversations and to talk and uh, you know, this morning there's probably maybe there may be people listening in this morning on the on the phone system, and you know they they're hearing my voice. You all hear my voice here this morning. <clears throat> but when I think of voices and the concern that I have, and that's the voices that we are hearing around us today, there's voices in the world, and there's voices that are speaking that guide and direct in the world, in the worldly way, and we know that those voices are being governed by Satan himself. But then I'm also drawn to the voices, and this is my concern, and I will bring it all together here after a while, and so I want to be looking at the uh, voices of the world, but also the voices that are entering the church, the voices that we are hearing the voices that we are listening to, the voices that are giving influence. And we, I think our brother shared a little bit this morning. 
And so when we think of voices, what is influencing us? So first, I want to read uh, verse from 1 John 4, 1. 1 John 4, 1 says, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets are going out into the world. Now, this here is, I think, is in, in, in the context and in light of teachers, prophets. It says false prophets that are going out into the world. And so as we think of hearing voices and the things that are speaking to us today that are coming in, that are infiltrating in, in where are they coming from? Who is behind this? And so we are admonished here. It says, Beloved, believe not every spirit. But aren't we supposed to be a believing people? Aren't we supposed to believe the things that we hear? You know, I use a term. I'm hesitant to use sometimes, but I use this term because, well, there's two terms. One is being referred to as an outsider. And, you know, I don't, most of you here may know that I was not raised Mennonite. And so, there is times that people will speak of those from the outside. And then there's another term that that I use, and uh, and that is I am one that probably don't believe everything that comes down the pike. And why not? And that term is is because I was raised on the other side of the tracks. And no, I don't have the handle on it this morning to know what you should believe and what you shouldn't believe, other than you compare it to Scripture. But when things are coming in, when things are coming into our midst and we're hearing these things, do we believe everything that comes in? Are we supposed to believe everything that comes in? And my family knows that I don't just believe everything that comes in. Because I say, you know, I was raised on the other side of the tracks. And as I was growing up, you didn't believe everything everybody told you. And I might still have some of that in me. <clears throat> and so when we think of... Well, I want to look at some more verses here before I get, get ahead of myself. Because uh, as I said, this has been a burden to me. And, and, uh, and I believe it's something that God wants us to be aware of. Second uh, John 7. Second John 7. Many deceivers are entered into the world who confess not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. Look to yourselves that we lose not those things which we have wrought, but that we receive a full reward. Whosoever transgresses and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. 
He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. And if there come unto you, and if there come any unto you, and bring not this doctrine, receive him not into your houses, neither bid him Godspeed. For he that biddeth him Godspeed is partaker of his evil deeds. <clears throat> Many deceivers are entered into the world. Who is John writing to? Is he writing to society out here? Is he speaking to society, be careful of the false teachers and those that are seeking to deceive you? Isn't John writing to the church? Isn't John concerned to the church that there are many deceivers? There are many, it says they've entered into the world. And I've thought about that. Does that mean that there were those that believed? Those that maybe sat where you are this morning, but for some reason they started leaving the truth? And so the truth that they have now, they are bringing back in. The way that they see things now, they're bringing back in. They are called a deceiver. Now here, this speaks of one that entered into the world who confessed not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. <clears throat> now, I don't know if you've ever heard of if anyone blatantly say that. I don't know personally that I have. Where someone would say, no, Jesus Christ is not the Son of God. Or no, he did not come in the flesh. But if there would be one come in our midst and start teaching that, we would know he's a deceiver and that he is a liar and he is not speaking the truth. And so we could understand that. And also I want to read from Titus. A few verses from Titus. Titus chapter 1, starting at verse 10. For there are many unruly and vain talkers and deceivers, especially they of the circumcision, whose mouths must be stopped, who subvert whole houses, teaching things which they ought not for filthy lucre's sake. One of themselves, even a prophet of their own, said, The Christians are always liars, evil beasts, slow bellies. This witness is true. Wherefore, rebuke them sharply that they may be sound in the faith. There are many unruly and vain talkers and deceivers. <clears throat> and I think we need to keep in mind that today there are many voices in the world. There are many voices that are telling the world which way to go, which way to think, and what they should do. But I believe also there are many voices that are starting to infiltrate the church. And so I want to look at these two aspects. I want to look at the voices of the world. So in the world, what voices do we hear out there? What voices are out there? <clears throat> and you know the voices that are out there? They're wanting loyalty. They're wanting your loyalty. They want your attention. They want to get you. And so these voices that are coming in, you know, they can convince the world, and they get the world to follow them. 
And so some of the things that, that I believe that the voices that are being spoken, the voices that are being heard, or voices that are coming to us from the world, they're coming through various forms and various mediums that come in to our homes. And so as we look at some of these, you know, I don't know what you have in your libraries. Some of you might have large libraries. Some of you might have small libraries. Some of you might not have any library. I don't know. But what books do you have? What books do you like to have on your library? What books do you like to read? And I think you probably understand when I say books that we would read that would be sinister in nature. They're stories, but there's just something just a little bit intriguing about them by the way they're presented, and yet, you know, is it, is it reading material that is wholesome? Is it reading material that blesses us? Is it reading material that we can draw spiritually from? Or is it something that just captivates us, and it's a, it's a, it's a you know, there's just something just a little sinister about it and we get caught up in it and so it's a good story and you know it could be something realistic a little bit and you know I have I have been in a home already to where I've stood and kind of glanced over some books on library shelves and when I pulled a book out and I look at it, and, and I know some people might say, well, you can't always judge a book by its cover. But some of the covers that I've seen on those books, and then when I start reading the back, and it's like, and I'm like, uh, does this belong on our shelves? And as we think of some more areas where things are, are we are, being influenced from the world. I think of, of counselors. Those that are there. Yes, they're there to help. Maybe they have their place. But what about when we go and, and you know, they're not following scriptural ways in their practice. There's even been some that has even had Mennonite background. And yet when you observe them they have laid things aside and yet they're they're ready to counsel you for whatever purpose it might be and yet we can be influenced by that <clears throat> at one time and i think it still is in our conference we read our rules and discipline our statement of faith at one time the radio and television was the things that was listed as things that we are to refrain from. Because of the nature that uh, comes through these, these uh, avenues. And so we've been encouraged to refrain from those things. In television, we know that that was one that uh, 
could put you on church censor if you decide you're going to have it and you're not going to give it up. But today, what do we have? What is coming in? What is influencing us? What are we listening to? And you know, when we think of those two, well, you know, that was decided upon years ago. But today, we have things that are coming in. We now have the internet. We now have social media. We have the YouTube. We have Instagram. We have, and so on. And, and Brother John, you could, you could tell me more. I, I am, I'm illiterate on this stuff. Uh, computer stuff, technology is over my head. If I can turn my cell phone on and make it work, I'm doing good. But these things that are coming in, and even politics. How many of us enjoy talking politics? I'll leave that to you. But that influence comes in. We, We are listening to these things that are coming in. We know in the world that influences the world. You all know as well as I do. Go down the street one day. Just observe. All the people that are walking along with something. You know, it's all the time. It's all the time. Maybe the Lord directed in this message for a reason. I don't know. But I was at a wedding yesterday. And at the reception, what did I see? At the bridal table. After a bit, I seen one fellow had his cell phone on his lap looking at it. And a little bit, the lady beside her had her cell phone looking at it. Are we influenced or are we not? Are we hearing the voices out there? I mean, we are important. Are we not? We're important that we need these medias so we need to keep up with everything. And so you're invited to a wedding. You have part in the wedding, but you have your cell phone with you. Are you that important? So we're being influenced. We're listening to those voices that are coming out there, that are out there, and they're coming in. Yes, in the world, the world is locked into those things. They can't wait for the new thing to come down to whatever it might be. you got to keep up with it. you got to upgrade to this, and you got to be sure you have all these things. But you know, how much is that coming into the church and so these voices that are we are hearing these voices in the world we say well they're out there but they are coming in they're having an influence and we need to remember who is behind this and the scripture calls him the prince of the power of the air what all that includes and means I don't think we fully understand But we know that that Satan is behind these things. He has the world caught in the grip of him. And as long as it can continue to work towards the church, 
he can also destroy the church with what will come in. <clears throat> and so Satan is the prince of the power of the air that has the ability to do the, some of these things. He's the father of lies, and he's the great deceiver. And when we are admonished in the Scripture, when we're commanded in the Scripture not to be deceived, we need to know where deception comes from. It comes from Satan himself. It comes from him in the work of his followers. And so we need to, to be careful. <clears throat> then when we think of the voices in the church, what are we hearing in the church? And you know, and I hope all the voices we hear is voices that's coming from the Word of God. And yet some of the voices that we hear today, I believe, are working its way in. It is things that's coming in and it is affecting the church. And yet God has given us commands to follow his word, to follow his commands, what he has guided us to do. Now I want to read a passage from 1 Kings. To where God, 1 Kings 13 where God gave direct order and command what was to be followed. What was to be done. And he gave this command, and he said, this is what you're to do. And as I read that and thought on it, and I thought, you know, God in his word in the New Testament, he has given us commands to follow. He has given us direct commands to follow. And I believe that when we decide, you know what, we know better. We know better than God. Or we start saying, but you know, really, it may not mean this anymore like that. So, you know, maybe God doesn't expect much. And yet when we read the scriptures as a whole there, and it says those that will see God... And be with God as those that do his commandments. And so we need to be careful. So the account here in 1 Kings 13. And behold, there came a man of God. Now catch that. It says a man of God. Out of Judah by the word of the Lord unto Bethel. And Jeroboam stood by the altar to burn incense. And he cried against the altar in the, in the word of the Lord and said, O altar, altar, thus saith the Lord, Behold, a child shall be born unto the house of David, Josiah by name. And upon thee shall, shall he offer the priests of the high places that in, but burn incense unto thee. And men's bones shall be burned upon thee. And he gave a sign the same day, saying, this is the sign which the Lord has spoken. Behold, the altar shall be rent, and the ashes that are upon it shall be poured out. And it came to pass that when King Jeroboam heard the saying of the man of God, which had cried against the altar in Bethel, that he put forth his hand from the altar, saying, Lay hold on him. And his hand which he put forth against him dried up, so that he could not pull it in again to him. 
And the altar also was rent, and the ashes poured out from the altar, according to the sign which the man of God had given by the word of the Lord. And the king answered and said unto the man of God, Entreat now the face of the Lord thy God, and pray for me, that my hand may be restored me again. And the man of God besought the Lord, and the king's hand was restored him again, and became as it was before. And the king said unto the man of God, Come home with me, and refresh thyself, and I will give thee a reward. And the man of God said unto the king, If thou wilt give me half thine house, I will not go in with thee, neither will I eat bread nor drink water in this place. For so it was charged me by the word of the Lord, saying, Eat not bread, and drink not water, nor turn again by the same way that thou camest. So he went another way, and returned not by the way that he came to Bethel. And so here was a man of God. He had, he was commanded of God what to do to go to Bethel. But he had a command from God. And that was, he said, you don't eat bread. You don't drink water. He said, you don't go to anyone's house. He said, you return from there another way. God gave him a command. God gave him orders to follow. Nothing wrong with that. God has given us commands in his word. He says do. And we're to follow. Let's read on. Now, there dwelt an old prophet in Bethel, and his sons came and told him all the works that the man of God had done that day in Bethel, the words which he had spoken unto the king, and they told him also they told also to their father. And their father said unto them, What way went he? For his sons had seen what way the man of God went, which came from Judah. And he said to his sons, Saddle me the ass. So they saddled him the ass, and he rode thereon, and went after the man of God, and found him sitting under an oak. And he said unto him, Art thou the man of God that camest from Judah? And he said, I am. Then he said unto him, Come home with me, and eat bread. And he said, I may not return with thee, nor go with thee, neither will I eat bread nor drink water with thee in this place. For it was said to me by the word of the Lord, Thou shalt eat no bread nor drink water there, nor return again to go by the way thou hast came. And he said unto him, and this is the other prophet, he said, I am a prophet also as thou art. And an angel spake unto me by the word of the Lord, saying, Bring him back with thee into thine house, that he may eat bread and drink water. But he lied unto him. So he went back with him and did eat in his house and drink water. And it came to pass, as they sat at the table, that the word of the Lord came unto the prophet that brought him back. And he cried unto the man of God that came from Judah, saying, Thus saith the Lord, Forasmuch as thou hast disobeyed the mouth of the Lord, and hath not kept the commandment which the Lord thy God commanded thee, but camest back and has eaten bread and drank water in this place, of which the Lord did say to thee, Eat no bread and drink no water. Thy carcass shall not come unto the sepulchres of thy fathers. <clears throat> and so here we get a, another picture. Here this man of God that obeyed God, and he was following God's orders. He was following God's commands. But here comes one to him. And he says, I want you to come to my house. 
And he says, I can't. He says, God, give me orders not to. Oh, but I'm a prophet like you. And an angel has told me to bring you home with me. Okay, no problem. He's a prophet just like I am. An angel has told him, and so yes, I will go back. What voice was he listening to? What voice did he hear? The same voice I believe that we're hearing today. The voice that says we're no different. I'm just like you are. We're the same. Isn't that what the prophet told him? He said, I'm a prophet just like you. Now, when I read that, there was something that stood out to me, and that's immaterial to this here this morning, but what stood out to me was if he was a prophet, then why did he ask him, were you the man of God that came down from Bethel? And I thought that should have been a trip off there for him to understand, that if this man was a man of God, he should have known the other man of God. And so the voice that he was listening to was one of a false prophet, one of a false person. And yet he gave in to it. He said, well, if he's a prophet, he's a man, a prophet of God, and if he's got the word from the Lord, then there's nothing wrong with me returning back. And today we hear the same things. We're no different. We do alike. We practice just a little different. Uh, we hear those kind of things that come in. And one thing I want us to keep in mind about God's Word, and that is God's Word never changes. What He has written in His Word does not change. So the issues that we face today that are coming into the church, the things that we face today, we need to remember that in God's word, God, when God states a sin, sin is sin. We cannot water it down. We cannot change it. Yesterday, divorce and remarriage, you know, it's accepted in, in how many churches today? And what denominations? You know, a lie. Nothing wrong with a little white lie. You know, in God's word, I've never seen lies put in categories. And I have not seen that they've been colored. You know, people like to refer to the, well, the little white lie. In God's word, God's word says that all liars will have their place that burn in, in the lake of fire. It says all liars. And yet, you know, well, there's nothing wrong with it. Dishonesty. Well, what if you fudge numbers a little bit? You know, it, 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 it's okay. If, you know, if we can get by with it, it's okay. 
God says to provide things honest in the sight of all men. And so today, what are the voices that we are hearing? <clears throat> and I want to give a couple examples here. Because I believe it's voices that we are hearing that are coming into the church, and I know that it is affecting the church, and I know it's affecting people that are part of the church. But we hear things today like, what's wrong with it? What's wrong with it? You know, uh, well, I could probably fill that blank in with a whole lot of things, and you all can too. So that is a question. You know, what, what, why can't I do it? So-and-so over here does it. So what's wrong with it? Scripture doesn't mean that anymore. Have you ever heard that? Scripture doesn't mean that anymore. We don't, you know, uh, yeah, we, we, you know, times are changing. It all depends on your interpretation. It all depends on your interpretation. Voices that we hear, are hearing that are coming in. And then also, well, we haven't changed. We still believe the Bible and it's what it teaches. We haven't changed. We just apply the practice principles and practices are a little different. <clears throat> so I want to share a couple examples here. And these are real life examples. <clears throat> and I have to credit my wife for these. Maybe she does a little more reaching out than I do or she ends up with more opportunities than I do because I don't go to town much. Sometime back, she was talking with a mother. They were sharing her concerns about her son. And yes, rightfully so. The son has made choices, is moving away from what he was taught. And some of the, his responses to things, and she said, we have talked to him, and we have mentioned to him about being deceived. Not to be falling into deception and not to be being deceived by what is being taught, what he is being taught. And his response was, you know, it's, deception and being deceived you know that's there it just it doesn't mean that anymore and brothers and sisters that individual would sit where you are this morning but he is saying it doesn't mean that anymore to be deceived no you need to understand the proper interpretation of that it doesn't uh, you know that it doesn't mean that and that is from someone that would have the very same teaching and guidance that you have here this morning. <clears throat> Another is of a young lady. 
that she met up with in, in a store. And when she first met up with her, she wasn't quite sure who it was. But then it, it struck her who it was. Because this individual no longer appeared as she did at one time. She no longer appeared in the cape dress and the headship covering. And she would have been raised in a conservative Mennonite home. She had parents that chose to go to another church. And so this couple also left that church to go into another church, which is a secular church. And so my wife was burdened enough that if she wished she would have took the opportunity to have said something to her. Well, the Lord has ways of working out situations. As she went to another store, who did she meet up with? This individual. And she felt she needs to say something. And so she went to her. And she started and she talked to her about the choices that she was making and the direction that they were going in. And this young lady's response was that we feel we feel that this is where God wants us for now. And our views of the Bible hasn't changed. You know, we we only apply we, we apply the practices a little bit different. Well, if she's ply, applying the practices a little bit different, she is there with her hair cut, has no veiling on, is wearing slacks. What voice is she listening to? And so the voices that are coming in, that we are hearing, that we are seeing happening, is those that are looking at Scripture and they're saying, but it doesn't mean this anymore. And maybe there's another interpretation that we can understand that, and we are being influenced with that. And I want to give another example that hits way closer home. <clears throat> And that is, when our conference made a decision to allow commercial flying on Sunday, I just guess I asked the question, what voice are we listening to? Are we of mind that maybe there is a couple interpretations to these things? I think these things are come closer than we want to admit. I think these voices are getting more in, closer than we want to admit. Because now we don't want to look at someone that maybe was part of us at one time and they leave. That maybe we don't make a division anymore. Because... Well, what difference is it? I mean, you know, they practice kind of like we do. They, And yet, what voices are we hearing? What voices are working to destroy the church? 
And so when the social media comes in and the things that come in with that, what has it done to the church? Do we have communication like we used to? Do you all know what a phone call is anymore? Brother JP gave me a phone call this morning. He wanted to be sure I was going to be here. <clears throat> but I appreciate a phone call. He could have texted me. I would have answered you back. I just said yes. <laughs> I appreciate that. <clears throat> a lot of what I do is, is for that personal contact. Make that phone call. But where have we gotten to? We are, are starting to separate because the influence of the world has come in, the voice of the world has come in, and is influencing us. And it has affected the church. And it will affect the church if we allow it to. <clears throat> and so do we ever question God's word? Does God's word not mean what it used to? You know, God's word, when he says in his word that a woman is to wear the headship veiling and the reason for it, that's a command. And we can follow through all the commands that God has in the New Testament for us. And we look at that and, and, and we say, yes, yes, we want to follow that. Yes, we want to do that. But are we going to be like the man of God there in 1 Kings? That what sounded good over here, that, that, that sounds right. So we're influenced. Do we allow that influence to come in? And there's some more things that I could share here this morning. <clears throat> but for time, I'll have to let it go. And so as I think of the voices that we hear, How are we allowing them, are we allowing them to influence us and affect our relationship with God and his word? And so, some closing thoughts then. That when we start laying aside biblical doctrine, when we start laying aside biblical commands, when we start laying aside biblical principles and practice, then I ask, what voice and voices are we listening to? Shall we have a closing song?